Already know who it is, Punkadella files. Mad Kroger, Richard Illman, the big bag of Green Ranger, Baked Gillenhall. Tonight I am joined by absolutely fucking nobody, same as ever, because you couldn't fucking trust some other cunt to steer this fucking ship for me. So that's just what it is. Orlean Foster, you human fucking before photo. Just you wait till Walloper watch. I can't quite remember exactly what it is that we're gonna have a good go at Snarling over tonight. Uh, but there is something great in there about that. Um, and tonight is basically just going to be an extended Walloper watch again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you at all. The other, really the only other regular segment on the show, Is Prince Philip Dead Yet? is going to be very, very interesting tonight. I'll say that much. Um, you know, I'd say that the bastards got the news out like, four hours ahead of me recording that podcast the other week so um that was unfortunate how was i to know um i recorded the podcast and woke up to the news and then had to sit there and fucking edit it like a dummy but it has meant that there has obviously been an absolute complete and utter and total outpouring of a fucking walloping like you would not be fucking leave and um I didn't even venture out to the worst sites of it. Like, I didn't go near any Daily Mail comment sections or anything. And I still was essentially inundated with the fucking shit. So, um, we'll be getting to that a, a little bit later on. Um, we do have a lot of sauce to get to here in the meantime. Hope you're all well. Welcome to Punkadelic Podcast. No idea if I said that already or not. But if I have said it, you're welcome again. Two welcomes. Double welcome from Double D. Um, listen to me. So, the other day, um, Sitting in the car and uh, by myself, dogs in the back, girlfriends getting coffee. What happened was Nickelback's How You Remind Me came on the radio. And it was just like, just reminding me all over again how Nickelback absolutely shit on most bands. And just have a fucking, like, have a greatest hits collection that other bands would fucking kill for. And How You Remind Me is so fucking perfect. It came out at absolutely the perfect time. It was scary timing, but like everything about it is so well put together. It's a cracking wee bit of songwriting and uh, like even the guitar tones and all. What more do you want from that song? Even that little bit at the very, very, very end where it's just like the guitars washing over and uh, what does he goes? He comes in and goes, no, no. And then that's it. Fucking brilliant. Absolutely top notch. If you have been a hipster about it, it is time for a reevaluation. Get off your fucking high horse and get listening, okay? Because, like, all right, yes, I will 100% concede that they have some bogus fucking radio singles. Like, Photograph is horrendous. Far Away was nobody's favourite song. And on more recent albums, those have just gotten more egregiously worse. <laughs> and it's like, those songs aren't landing so much. But, like, as ever, with Nickelback, it's just always, there's always going to be four tracks on the album that absolutely rock in a way that is pretty much undeniable and it's just 
straightforward arena rock done fucking right. And yeah, I'll fucking say it again. I said it earlier. I said it again. They fucking shit on most bands. So get half of this fucking crap out of my fucking face. Do you understand? Hey, I haven't mentioned my hero, Crystalia, in a while. So I was thinking about him this week only because like his podcast is back and he's trying to put his name back out here again. And like, whatever, you think whatever about his situation or the politics of it or whatever you think, what you think, that's cool. I believe in you too, bro. Okay, go for it. That's fantastic. We're just looking at it from this one angle for just a brief second, just a slice. Like, imagine him being fucking cancelled. Like, I'm just saying, imagine this scenario. You get cancelled, disappear for months. Everyone's talking shit about you. All your friends fucking desert you. You're fucking going through all kinds of fucking mad therapy and all this mad shit. And then you've worked your whole fucking life to be a successful comedian and, and actor, right? And worked fucking hard at it by all accounts. And, uh, you know, got there. Whatever you think of the man's comedy, fucking, is pretty much self-made. Oh, well, I mean, his dad's rich, isn't that right? Yeah, so, well, it's still, his dad was rich with fucking producing Law & Order. Not a fucking book and Chris fucking comedy gig. So, there's a disconnect there. Don't think that those two are too well linked together. Anyway, point being, he is depressed as, right? <laughs> Comes back out, everyone's slagging him, fucking, his apology video got torn to shreds over what, I think it took them 18 minutes on Legion of Skanks to get through a name of the video and fucking rip it apart, so, um, then, now there's gonna be a whole new fucking furore because, um, as I say, as I mentioned, he'd be working all his life to be an actor and, uh, starring action movies, that was always his goal to do that, being like, as he said, fucking dumbass, fucking John claude Van Damme style movies, but, he had a small part in uh, the upcoming Zack Snyder movie, Army of the Dead, which looks absolutely fucking fantastic. And uh, obviously we're excited about Zack Snyder. We're excited about Zack Snyder on this podcast. We're excited about things in fucking general in this podcast. Did you see the new bio that I wrote for this podcast on the, on Spotify or whatever? Like, that, like, uh, I've filled, tried to fill out the space because, like, the marketer in me is like, oh, just use all the space, you know, to the best of your advantage. But it essentially could have stopped after the first line. It's like, this is just a podcast about the things that make life worth living. And, if it's not some weeks, it will be other weeks. So, just fuck off, okay? Let Just let me fucking add it, okay? So, long story very short. I feel sorry for Crystalia. Now all this Army of the Dead stuff is starting out. Its, promote, it's promotion is getting in the fucking hyperspeed. And all anybody's fucking talking about is Tegan Taro in it. And she is, like, digitally replacing him. You know, they digitally drew her on top of Crystalia. And it's like... That's so insulting. <laughs> Getting replaced with someone of the opposite gender. That is a fucking horrendous burn. And then it's like, um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, I've heard a bunch of like comedians that I would consider to be like dead on good crack sound say that she is fucking brutal. Anytime they've ever been in a writer's room with her, she's been shit, contributed absolutely fucking nothing, and is pretty shit at acting. I thought she was shit at, I think she's shit at acting in Star Trek Discovery. If anybody's seen that, you know, maybe you disagree with me. I don't know. Maybe I don't know like what the fuck acting is, but it's just like, and it might be because she digitally replaced my boy in what would have been his major motion picture debut. But, like, also, it's 2020 fucking one. Like, so, isn't some fucking legend just going to put Crystalia back into that via deep fake straight away and I'll be able to download that from Pirate Bay and choose to live the life that I want to live? Right? Living in the future is fucking great. You full well know that that's going to happen. The day after that movie comes out, there's going to be a compilation of... Uh, the best Tignatoro bits, but read almost Crystalia, deep fake face and voice. And then he could talk about his podcast. But anyway, yeah, just uh, in mentioning that about him and talking about the man himself, the man, the myth, the pedo, uh, 
just podcast is taking a fucking nose dive. I don't know. Uh, you remember his whole shtick? Literally, his whole shtick used to be, "I'm the youngest man alive, dude," and he just kept saying like he was the youngest man alive, like because he wasn't wasn't even forty yet. And like now he's everything he says like I'm forty one. Old. All my friends left me. I want to kill myself. <laughs> That's like it's okay. So not quite as uh, unsubtle as I want to kill myself, but like those other three things that I said there. Fucking go and have a look at it. I'm telling you. Things are fucking not great over there. So, uh, I, if it does anything for anybody or it does any good and whatever, because I think this is just good karma anyway, I for one hope that he does not kill himself. Can I say that much or will I still get cancelled for that? I don't know. Um, I tell you what, I tell you who is having a fucking real bad time online this week, in my opinion as well, and that has been one Mr. Conor McGregor. Uh, getting fucking schooled online by Dustin Poirier, who he calls P-Head, but like, pretty much fucking owned him on Twitter this week because McGregor was saying, you know, oh, I'm predicting a fucking front kick knockout, which is like, seems like literally the least likely thing that's ever, that could ever possibly fucking happen. Like, it's like, you will either smash Poirier out with a left hand or you will be beaten. <laughs> I actually, that's how way harsher than I wanted it to because I'm still a McGregor fanboy, but like, you know, I think we're looking at having to land that fucking left hand if we're going to... Like, Dustin Poirier doesn't fucking stop unless he stopped. Like, you know, well, Eddie Alvarez fight notwithstanding. Uh, but anyway, long story short, Connor predicted that there was going to be a front kick knockout. And, uh... Which is, like, which is rare as fuck anyway. Only, like, Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort full of fucking gear <laughs> were landing those things. Maybe Machida. Um, and I can't think of any other examples right now. I'm fucking... I'm not in the mindset for it. But yeah, and then uh, Dustin's come back and goes, uh, that's a fun prediction. Uh, you also predicted you'd donate 500 grand to my charity, and we've reached out to you three times now, and you haven't responded since the fight. So it's just like, oh, Connor, you wee fucking bitch. Not manning up and owning up to your fucking charity debts uh, because of a wee fucking scuffle in the octagon. And it's like, people are turning on McGregor. Like, did you hear? Oh my God, it was so so fucking funny there um this morning maybe the most recent episode maybe the one before it i don't know but uh, on best bing's podcast he was like sure look at how we last seen connor him fucking sitting sitting down taking a phone call on the phone having a crack on the phone you know with the hand up to his head because he was trying to shell up and it's like holy fuck is that what people are saying about him in the street now like so um i just think it's a bad look saying you're going to give money to charity and not giving money to charity and then trying to cast aspersions on poirier saying that oh we never heard plans about where that money was going to go it's like well i'm sure you heard plans about where the money was going to go and i'm sure you know for a fact like that with dustin poirier that that money was never going to go anywhere but on the fucking playgrounds for children and like maybe the fucking feed some homeless people and like you know it's not like a case of like if he had have alleged anything like embezzlement or anything, like everyone would have just been like, listen, you're fucking sling your hook because you just can't do that. You know, Poirier is up here like the very fucking closest thing we've ever seen to a real life version of Ryu from Street Fighter. And, you know, for anybody that doesn't like McGregor, Poirier is basically the next best fucking thing in lightweight. And um, or, uh, is arguably much better in so many ways, including the fact that he knocked them out a couple of months ago. But I'm just an eternal optimist that McGregor's always going to mount a comeback and come back and, and make good on his word. But I'm just thinking he's got a very, very, very much an uphill battle in beating Poirier. 
well, Chandler seems to be a pretty bad fight for him as well because Chandler could just fucking wrestle him in the deep waters and make that a bad time. But then also I would counter that argument or the fanboy in me just wants to counter that argument by saying, doesn't McGregor must have some jits? After all this time, after training for the battles with Nate Diaz, um, although maybe I'd say he didn't do any training for the first one, but for the second one, any sort of wrestling and groundwork that he must have done for Khabib, and must have had some kind of jits um, to counteract the threat of the jumping guillotine against Poria. Um, Cowboy as well, dangerous with jits. So I'm just saying, he must have had to have drilled some jits to a competition-ready level in the past. But who knows? Who fucking knows? I would not be surprised if Gaethje, Poirier, Chandler, and Oliver all beat Connor. Like any of those guys. I think like if we look at maybe the drop off with Tony Ferguson, maybe that's a fair fight now. It's hard to say, but then that fight's always sort of seemed to lean in Connor's favour because um because Tony does that weird thing where he sticks his chin up. Anyway, sorry, look, this isn't a fucking podcast completely about mixed martial arts tonight. I just wanted to say Connor McGregor's looking like a real walloper, being made a little fucking bitch out of it and then saying he didn't want the fight and then the next day the fight was signed. So then it's just like, was this all just to get a few extra quid on the fucking dotted line? Well, fair enough if it is, but like Still thought it was pretty bad play by McGregor not donating that though. And I thought Dustin had the best tweet of the entire exchange because McGregor came back going all fucking hell, hell, Johnny Hell's a popping fucking all guns blazing going. You tick little inbred hillbilly and all this fucking stuff. And Dustin just came back with okay. And then a gif of Connor getting smashed in the face by Dustin as, <laughs> as Bisping would say, taking a wee phone call in the octagon. So, um, you know, I look. I don't know five hundred grand to give the charity, so I don't know. I don't know five hundred grand fucking full stop. So I don't know. I'm just saying. He said he would do something. He didn't do it. Dustin told everybody that he didn't do it, and he's acting like a little bitch. And he's acting like a little bitch in public as well, actually. Because let's just put Conor McGregor's dirty laundry in the street here for a second. Because like, what about him tweeting the other day being like, "I did on Dustin last time. You fucking shot within one minute." And it's like, yeah, it's called mixed martial arts. You got beat up by Floyd Mayweather when you went to do boxing and. You may thank your lucky fucking stars that Dustin knocked the Manny Pacquiao fight out of you. <laughs> fucking joke of me. Like, Pacquiao's looks so dangerous lately. I mean, I admit I've only watched the highlights, but I've listened to a lot of podcasts that have fucking boys that know what they're talking about have said he's looked so much more dangerous lately. And it's just like, you know, Dustin basically did you a favor here. Winer necking. So anyway, it's just been a bad... Baba wig of L's for fucking McGregor online. Fucking so stupid. Remember, like, we all believed in him. <laughs> Those times are gone, aren't they? Like, absolutely Celine Dion. But whatever. It'll be good. It's good. Always good to have the fucking sideshow back for a while. And we'll see what happens. You know, that fight with Dustin is now booked and signed on the dotted line. And then, who next? As I always say, at £55, £155, that already a fight is always there. Absolutely always there. That's never going away. And we've got all that marketing built up already. Where McGregor schooled him. And he's like, your kids are called Donald and Bob. <laughs> oh, fuck. He destroyed him in that press conference. That was a fucking laugh. RDA must have been raging. Mr. Fundamentals, though. Mr. Fundamentals. Is that the answer? Who knows? So, um, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, and again, I'll do this because I, I, I never write this in the notes, but I'll do this because uh, thanks everybody that does listen to the podcast. Really appreciate it. It's actually going significantly better than I thought it would right now. 
I'd say it's actually at about 400% of the listens that I thought it would have by now. So thank you very much. Thank you very much also to anybody that's like telling people that they've been listening to it or they've been suggesting episodes that people would enjoy to them to get them started and whatever. Um, if you do want to get people started on this, I think maybe Gravediggers in Paris, Adam Slandler, or um, I'm not sure. I think those are two really, really good examples to get cracking with. And I uh, just do appreciate everyone listening. That's cool. Uh, it's just... Yeah, it's nuts to me that we're over 400 players now. And like, well, yes, like, well, so we're obviously closing in on 500 in a way. But like, let's just take it as read then that every episode gets, what, maybe 20 players? I don't know. I'm not sure if the maths tracks on that, okay? But that means that in a relatively sh- small amount of time, we'll be looking to break a 1,000, right? That's a realistic goal, right? Or that's a, maybe a lofty goal. Who knows? But either way, that would be the goal, I believe, after 500. I don't think we could... Like the really fucking make a such a huge song and dance with seven hundred and fifty. Who gives a fuck about seven hundred fifty? Um, who's a fuck about a forty degree day? Um, that was terrible, terrible accent. But um, it was possibly more black than John Luther. But we're not getting into that. Um, so anyway, what shit was I talking about? Yes. So thanks everyone for listening. Just crossed four hundred players, which I can't really believe. I thought by by now, when we've got less than twenty episodes, I thought I'd be scratching tooth and nail to get maybe five listens on each episode. So it's exceeding my fucking expectations by a lot yeah it's sweet we're going to keep going but uh, one eye on the future as well and I promised I told everybody there would be blast cast at 500 episodes and I'd get fucked up in like in one avenue or another or possibly multiple and come, come straight on and do blast cast tried to record this previously had a 1000 milligram THC edible and it just it fucking it wasn't conducive to recording good podcast content in the end Learn a lot of lessons there. Don't know if... Don't know if 500 wouldn't be a really... Just 500 by itself wouldn't be a really, really, really good time. So I wouldn't rule out trying that again. But while I'm a unemployed, semi-illegal alien, costs like that absolutely must be cut. So the point being, I still haven't really had a fucking fabulous idea for what I'm going to do at 500 plays. So what I was querying... What I've... The question that I'm asking just sort of to the universe existentially right now, and I need to start to write it down or get it out into black and white, I guess I'm going to speak it into existence now for other people to hear so you can fucking ask me about this if you see me in the street like and why I haven't done it yet. Hey, but like, what if we did a live show for the 500 player mark, right? So hear me out, like, I could set up a studio, so to speak, just like functionally what I need to do and maybe a couple of different lights and in the second bedroom here in the house. And we could set up a time and it would be agreed upon in a Facebook group or a Facebook event, invite only, because I wouldn't want every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry coming to this and talking about assembling maybe 20, 30 really, really good crack people and, you know, throwing them all into, um, I would set up a, maybe a Discord server, which I would only release to the people in the group before, you know, like three, four hours beforehand. And then, um, like, I don't know what the show would be. I don't know, but like, we've got options. We could fucking, we could play a drinking game. We could hate watch uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I could tell stories. We could do a live game book episode where people could help me make the decision. Um, I'm just saying, let's talk about this at least because the technology definitely exists. Like, like I know a fella from here that just used to fuck go fucking live on Facebook all the time for absolutely no reason. And the technology exists with a number of different apps now: YouTube, Facebook, and uh, what's that other one called? The Shy Bag one, Instagram, and um, 
it's just something I'm unfamiliar with as well. So uh, it's always handy for me in terms of my job as a marketer and being inter- interviewing for jobs and positions, super sweet positions right now at the minute for marketing. So it's always good to be able to talk a bit of bullshit about that. So if I learn something new, that's another string to the bow as well. So there is that whole angle. So let's at least talk about this, okay? Um, please, please, please feedback to me, right? So we could set it up as well, as I say, with a Facebook group. So I know people are in different parts of the world and all, but like 9 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So back home in Ireland and fucking Brit- Britistan, your 9 p.m. would be my 1 p.m. here. So I will be willing to get fucking fucked up for 1 p.m. in the day here so that people here can watch along. Um, a couple of, I guess a couple of friends could come over and fucking could have like a semi-live audience. I don't know if anybody actually be down to do that. That's asking kind of a lot. <laughs> um, but long story short, I am thinking about ways that we can fucking move this podcast forward. I, as I say, I'm not crazy about putting my face behind this brand. Like I am pretty much a hardcore audio podcast listener only. Um, I'll throw something onto the TV if that's the format that it's available in. But like, um, but again, I, I, whatever. Like, obviously, the winds have been blowing in the in the face of video for a very, very long time. So, if it really makes a difference to people, or if it really makes a difference to the numbers, um, I'm I'm down to try it. But uh, more than that, I would just want to show appreciation for getting 500 players, which is crazy to me. I thought this would took would have taken four times as long, genuinely. And if, you know, if I can infer from that, if it's a fair assumption to make that a couple of people enjoy this podcast and actually think it's good crack, want to come and have a cool live show, a fucking live hang, because, like, also, because, like, we don't get to fucking do anything anymore because we all live in a fucking global pandemic shitstorm of fucking terror and fucking constant battles with your mental health. Like, so, uh, think it could be a net positive. I would absolutely run a bunch of test runs during the week because I would not be looking to have those stresses on the day. I would just be looking at basically waking back from about 9am and come in absolutely lit and, uh, I don't know, tell music festival stories or something. Who knows? We'll get some. I'll get some notes together on that and um, we'll start putting pen to paper at that. But please do feedback to me on that if you think that's cool or if I'm wasting my fucking time doing that or I'd be wasting my fucking time doing that. And I'd rather I just did an episode where, like, I don't know. But it'd be cool as well if we had a Discord platform then because people could... Um, People could very quickly ask questions and then, you know, I can answer them on the podcast. I could um, broadcast the podcast live. Broadcast the podcast. Do you like that one? I could broadcast live, like, while I'm recording it here. So I record into a solid-state recorder, but I could have the computer on live. So if, if that was worth anything to anybody, I don't know. If it's good practice for me because it would make me... Uh, it might be good practice for me because it would make me sharper, not make so many mistakes because people are watching live. Um, and then it means I've got less editing to do. So... Um, 100% would like to talk to you about that there and get some feedback on that and uh, just let me know what you think and like I, I would handle all the fucking video setup and uh, fucking zoom meeting or fucking what did I say I would use again fucking high as a kite too so anyway say let's talk about it listen it's past fucking midnight back home right now and that means that the new While She Sleeps album is out basically just want this section to be like a if you don't know, now you know, okay, on While She Sleeps. So, While She Sleeps are a metalcore band from Sheffield. But please, please, please don't just turn the entire podcast off. Don't give up on the entire concept of podcasting just because that doesn't sound too cool. But listen, I swear to you, so they're a metalcore band, but I've always felt that that genre tag basically applied to a whole bunch of bands in the late noughties, maybe early to late noughties. 
and then throughout the noughties where it just nothing else would have worked for them and like these were just metal bands that were shite that loved having anthemic but terrible choruses and it just became in my eyes uh, a euphemism for a shite like bad and um i never really thought the genre was worth much of a fuck at all if you have ever heard possibly the worst expression of the entire genre ever um but which i think is quite a fun song in and of itself it's just like as an expression of a genre of metal yes it is absolutely a horrible contender but i am not immune to its charms and that is called alone by falling in reverse um but the point being is that i will so that word which i you know bunch of those bands like your event sevenfold your i mean i, I actually don't know anything about kill twist and gates so i won't shit talk them on here but i've just never been interested in checking them out your triviums who are like i know have some good songs but like on the whole there's more shit really than <laughs> is good and just a whole bunch of other bands bullet for my valentine you know that i wouldn't fucking piss on if they were on fire so metalcore is a dirty dirty fucking word in my books and it, as i say it was just journalistic shorthand for this band of shit don't fucking don't, don't worry about them and you know i lived my life by that for a while and i was happy so so happy it was fine then while she sleeps came along and completely rearranged all that so being a young northern english band it was like the press got really 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 behind them because i think that the heavy metal press must simply all be northerners that moved to london because um what no what fucking Londoners in the heavy metal these days they are all into a grind thing in the blood while she sleeps were just super what i would say super super mega hyper overhyped for their first two albums because it was they were a young hot hip metal band and um i don't know probably every girl in the world would be like what the fuck are you talking about but like right so i'm just asking correct me if i'm wrong but i believe that the front man is a bit of a heartthrob could be wrong i could be completely mistaken but like he fits the mold you know he's fucking tall long hair crazy good at singing in a metal band doesn't play an instrument so throws himself around you know the ollie sykes model basically the ollie sykes model neck tattoos i believe as well so um just saying they have a lot of red flags you know when you're just like your bullshit meter comes on that oh fuck here's some other fucking shite metal band that just has a big big budget somehow and they're just going to push this down our fucking throat but when she sleeps then on their second album had a song called four walls which was I thought so so strong and so good and so head and shoulders above everything else they had recorded up until that date that I couldn't quite believe it so I'd always earmarked them as a band to watch for the future but then they kind of went quiet for a little while and then the next thing I know they've released an album called You Are We and I'm taking one listen to this album start to finish and I am blown fucking backwards it's a fucking barn burner you or we is a fucking once in a generation album and they did it and it's super heavy okay don't ever ever make the mistake of thinking that this band do not fucking bring the heat okay but while she sleeps just super respect that the core in metalcore comes from hardcore punk and it's got a very 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 punk attitude and um the things that they would do on later albums would go on to remind me of Let Live, but just to give you an idea of the sort of genres that were and, and textures and sounds that we're playing with here, You Are We is incredible start to finish. There is absolutely no doubt about it. I think I probably still prefer it to So What, which we will talk about, um, just because it's so raw and intense. Like the breakdown on Empire of Silence is absolutely beautiful. 
Um, the lyrics are all kind of political and, you know, like, let's unify and fucking overthrow governments. And it's like, yes, that's what I'm fucking talking about. And young generations of metalheads do need a good fucking protest band to talk about these type of things. Um, because, like, who the fuck is doing that anymore? Absolutely fucking nobody. Nobody effectively anyway. The Wild Hearts had a great song on their last album, Reeling Against the UK uh, Government's Handling of Mental Health. But, like, with all respect to my favourite band in the world ever, not so many people would have heard that. So, while she steeps You Are We is incredible, and the, the thing that is so great about it is that they did that, they made themselves so, so, so interesting, and they made their music so much more dynamic and interesting, and I would say palatable, by slowing down and cleaning up in a lot of sections. So, loads more clean textures, maybe pianos, softer vocals, but always interspersed beautifully so like just building change in dynamics and you know different song structures huge 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 breakdowns as evidence on empire of silence really really commanding songwriting um hurricane is absolutely fabulous massive massive gang fucking vocal choruses you can know that it would be a fucking great time to yell along with holding a fucking pint of beer at fucking arm's length over your head at a fucking festival any summer ever. The weakest track on that album is the Ollie Sykes guest spot. Everything else is absolutely perfect. It closes so, so strong. Um, the flow of the album is great. I really like how Empire of Silence slows it down and brings things like, you know, quite low-key for a while. Low-key for them. You know, not low-key for <laughs> most other bands. But low-key for them and then brings in the heaviest breakdown of the entire album. It must be, simply must be a seven string, possibly even, I think, I'd say it's a seven string down tune, but it sounds like an eight string. It's fucking so heavy, whatever tuning they're using there. It's one of those ones that goes right through your fucking ball sack. And it's like, yes, this is why we met home. Uh, so long story, very fucking short. I was, after that, after that record came on and completely changed my entire entire appreciation for uh the word metalcore and the genre that goes with it and you know propelling while she sleeps and that was absolutely my favorite album of the year that that came out and um has re- remained on very heavy rotation with me so i was even less expecting then that they were to take those ideas even further and arguably better on their next album so what now, i did i mentioned it already so i won't fucking shit you up i slightly prefer you are we as an album but I would also maybe um, think that because this is how I found that band, like I often find that the first album that I find by a band is just what I latch on to as my favourite forever. It's the same with the Wild Hearts. Hutzbau remains my favourite album of theirs. Um, it's the same with the Darkness. Permission to Land remains my favourite album of theirs, although I guess that's arguably their best album, but whatever. Um, and, you know, thousands more examples, I am sure. So So What brought took the whole thing even further. There are even more wacky elements on it, including like... Uh, a sample from a pop song and it's been driving me mental i don't want to look it up because i know i'll get it eventually but there's a sample from a 90s pop song that brings in a song called guilty party and i believe that's also the one that begins with the lyric this will be the last time that you'll see us play in a tent and i just love that statement of intent that <laughs> that statement of out of tent excuse me um you know to fucking say that as a lyric on your album that's fucking ballsy like if you disappear after that you're fucked um, so what's lead single uh, is called Antisocial. It's incredible. It's got a number of very, very interesting drum fills, which really, really brought me back to uh, Let Lives, um, Banshee, which is possibly the greatest post-hardcore song I have ever heard. It is an absolute fucking rager. 
and you need to hear it if you haven't already. And then to close this album, While She Sleeps uh, on So What, had um, a cheerleader chant, which I fucking love. I know it's very, very, very much Mormite in metal, but I love to hear it. That track with the cheerleader chant on it is called Gates of Paradise, if you're interested in that. And uh, any hard lads listening to this podcast that don't want to check out heavy metal bands, like, what are you fucking scared of, Dorothy? Fucking check it out, okay? Um, and if you do any type of exercise or anything, that's good fucking angry. Get your fucking heart rate up music as well. So, And, uh, you know, it's not like Death Girl, and this isn't Death Metal we're talking about here at all. So just fucking man the fuck up, strap on a set of balls and fucking listen to something that will challenge you. Um, Doggy, also, just talking about the Wild Horse, they have finished their album. They, I feel like we just got an album from them. And I feel like the, While She Sleeps last album just came out. Um, 2019 sneaky sneaky good year for music those albums were both basically fucking 10 out of 10s very strong 9.5s I guess if you wanted to be that sort of kind about it um, so the Wild Hearts my favourite band in the world ever have finished fucking recording their album that's essentially ready that's going to come out in like September and we're going to get new Megadeth and new Mastodon records this year are you fucking joking me that's going to be a fucking savage year for music that's crazy Nice and fucking heavy. Lots and lots of fucking crunch all around there. I am excited. I will obviously be bringing you all of the news about how great these albums are on Punkadelic Podcast. So don't shit yourself. You don't have to listen to them yourself. I ain't going to be doing the fucking legwork here in terms of getting the heavy metal to listen to. And that's how I like it. So don't even feel sorry for me. Uh, what else were we fucking talking about here tonight? So, yeah, so, you know I'll be reading. You know I'll be reading last. So, what I've been reading recently was... Uh, I started and like I, I can't I simply can't read hey like I'm like it's that's so hard like you're asking a lot there to be honest um so for whatever reason I sat down the other night with my tablet and I was open opened up whatever HP Lovecraft story I'm on now oh yeah I still <laughs> haven't read another word of the Dunwich Horror after I read you guys the preface last week so I need to get back to that but anyway long story short I can't read when I'm stoned yet I still whipped out my tablet and I was like I want to read something so whatever I went along with the vibe and I opened up, or I accidentally opened up, or somehow it just happened, or I dropped it, and this opened up, so I went along with it. It was one of those weird, freaky ones, and now I'm freaked out even further that I can't remember exactly what it was, because I feel like that was the whole point of this story. Anyway, I started reading a comic called Batman Last Night on Earth. Night with a K. You get it? Like the Dark Knight. Nah. And, um... Boys, it... It was absolutely fucking stonewall insane. Like, I have read Batman comics upon Batman comics. I have read Batman comics where there's a Batman version of a T-Rex called the B-Rex. <laughs> and this still blew my fucking mind. Right, so let me give you the setup here. If you ever plan to read Batman Last Night on Earth by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, Skip ahead like five minutes because I'm going to spoil the entire first issue here, and I think it only comes in three parts. So, just bounce, all right? Just, just bounce, bounce ahead like five minutes, okay? So, uh, and I don't even know. I can't even promise you it's going to be five minutes. You're just going to have to fuck take a chance on it, bro. All right, go with Christ. So it opens up. We're in Arkham Asylum. We're in Arkham Asylum, the insane asylum. Bruce Wayne is in there, and Alfred. Is like, wow, Mr. Wayne, you're finally making sense again after all these years, after what you did in that alleyway. So the setup is that Bruce Wayne is insane, insane in the Bruce Wayne. Insane in the Bruce Wayne. Uh, so he's fucking gone bonkers, right? 
he's in the fucking loony bin. He's in a lula head. And uh, Alfred's there, and Alfred's all like, listen, you need to buck your ideas up, basically, okay? You're not fucking Batman. Poison Ivy, what are you talking about? That's your fucking Dr. Ivy out there. There's big room through a glass window. All all the villains are in there, and they're all doctors running about with fucking clipboards and all. They're all the, they're all the doctors at Arkham Asylum, and he's been hallucinating this for years as it's going on, and then they're like, show him the cowl, show him the cowl, and then Alfred's all like, no, no, he, he loses shit, la. and they're like, fucking show him it. So they whip out a straight jacket with a W on it, which has a cowl, like a Batman, like Batman's cowl, and they're like, this is the straight jacket that we kept you in here in Arkham Asylum since you killed your parents in Blood Alley or in Crime Alley all those years ago. And he's all like, no! But then, long story very short, and I'm completely just spoiling the first issue here, so apologies, but I have to assume there's going to be very major twists and turns in 2 and 3, given how mad the setup is, so don't shit yourself about it, okay? Um, and I can't spoil those because I haven't read them yet, so whatever. So, Batman is, Bruce Wayne is not fucking having this. Like, he is, like, absolutely not. Gets out, fucking, gets his fucking straight jacket and bat cowl on and still fights his way up to the top of the asylum and then fucking is scrapping all the boys, fucking denting lads left and fucking right and fucking centre right. He's Batman. Like. And then Alfred's like, right, fucking quit now. Then on, we'll level with you. So they were like, right, look. We don't know what happened, but long story very fucking short, the world's ending. We're all leaving the Earth, this fucking earthly plane tomorrow. We we're hoping we could take you with us, but your Batman brain just keeps trying to solve things. And like, we just want to go peacefully into the night, like, and you're wrecking it. So what we're trying to trick you, fair dues. And he's like, right, well, I'm going to go and see what's going on up on the surface. And they're like, right, all right, sound, go. So he goes up onto the surface and then. It's like a desert world. The whole world's gone. It's just a total desert. Like, and uh, he gets as exactly where he gets up to the surface. Then he's 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 like senses something. He's digging around in the dirt. So he's digging around in the dirt and he finds the Joker's head. And the Joker's head can still talk. Like, and it's talking to him all the time. Then inside a glass lantern. So then he sets off into the fucking desert with this Joker head in a glass fucking jar. Like, then he fucking meets up with Wonder Woman and she's like, the place is wrecked. Like, the the, the country is literally coped. We can't, there's nothing going on. I have, uh, I've eked out a deal with Hades here and uh, we're just going to, me and all the remaining living people here are going to go and live in hell. And Batman's like, but there's no light down there. Like. And she's like, well, look, I've, he says he let a little bit of light in for us. And, uh, you know, they don't look too happy about it, obviously, but whatever's going on is going on on Earth. And then uh, she's like, listen, we're leaving in the morning. You can either be with us and survive or you can do whatever you want. La. You know, and then she's like, oh, by the way, there's here's such and such. like, And uh, I think it's a, it's a bat suit. And then, uh, you know, next morning she's about to take all the humans down to hell, to the underworld, to live in almost complete darkness for the rest of their lives, the entirety of the human species. And uh, then she just lost the box and the bat suit's gone. So, you know, Batman's going to try and solve it. So, you know absolutely wild like i couldn't believe it i was like holy fuck this is trippy as because the um the oh you're insane the doctors or the villains is kind of a trope that's been done to death since sort of the mid 90s i was like wow this is fucking schoolboy shit like and i was so surprised because scott snyder and greg capullo have basically been the stewards of batman and all related properties since 2011 you know you can go back and read um 
death of the family certainly holds up, I believe. The Code of the Isles, I know they're so crazy about the Isles stuff, but I just don't really like the Isles. I don't know, it might be something to do with the design, maybe on a handicap, I don't know. But um, the later stuff in that run is fabulous. The metals are obviously unreal, but this is the last story, chronologically, that they and uh, literally, that they'll ever write about Batman. So if they're future, they might write Justice Leagues or whatever, but they're done with Batman, they're handed the reins over to the new guy. I think it's James Tinian, you call him. So I was like, yeah, that is kind of schoolboy shit, you know, oh, oh, the villains are his doctors and he's making it all up. So for him to get up onto the surface and for there to be an even another level to it, that's pretty cool. Having the Joker hanging around in a lantern, I think is pretty cool. <laughs> Just having him comment on everything, that's fucking perfect. That would be cracker to see in a movie someday. Um, and uh, just thought that was fucking cool. Thought I would share that one with you. I don't know if anybody that reads this is particularly in the com- or listens to this is particularly in the reading comics, but there you fucking go. There's a cool one. Uh, you might want to start with some less advanced, less fucking metatextual Batman's um, and work your way up to that one. But it's uh, for for nerds. That's a pretty cool one. Oh, and the covers are out of control. I can't read. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cannot wait to read the next one because looks like from the cover of that in this future apocalypse, uh, the scarecrow is a uh, just a torso uh, that gets around by being stitched around Bean's neck. So that seems pretty cool. All right. So next up, I wanted to do a watch along of the Army of the Dead trailer. I have seen it twice already, but um, let's just fucking do it again for the podcast and. Uh, Yes, the problem, I guess, now for me is that my girlfriend's computer does not have any audio code. I look at it on my phone. Yes, of course. I don't think any major corporation is going to chase me for hearing the audio a little bit in the background of me playing a trailer. You know, I'm promoting it. I'm psyched for this movie. I am a fucking Zack Snyder dick writer. Did anybody rewatch 300 on my suggestion last week? Dude, mental. So I only watched half of it before I talked about it last week, and I rewatched all of it then with sound. So watching all of it with sound then while I was editing the podcast for upload is just so crazy. Fucking Jimmy McNulty fucking raping Queen Cersei. What a fucking bad cunt. What does he say to you will not enjoy this. This will not be over quickly. And then that's what she says as she stabs him. Yeah, girl power. Okay, so oh. Let me get this up. Full screen. Full brightness. We're going full. It's a Zack Snyder fucking movie. It only deserves to be done full throttle starting out at a diner he's in there cooking stuff up oh no here comes a fancy car with a wealthy businessman in it wealthy asian businessman how should i think 50 million bucks he's a cook wow that's a beautiful shot of the chopper some nice highway stuff so he's like team meeting up in the desert somewhere dave batista thinking about all the pain from his past and how much he could use that 50 million quid now scenes inside casinos. Oh, they're getting blueprints. Because it's a heist movie, after all. Everything's abandoned. Everything's fucked up. Now he's having a beer with his daughter. Saying, think about it. Now there's this guy with the chainsaw from the fucking poster. There's a guy that looks at Dylan Danis. Oh, there's taking the tarot. Ew, 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 Then there's the risk guy with a scale model of the casinos they're going to rob. Where do you get those? Now things are blowing up. Yes, yeah, so there's $200 million in cash underneath the Vegas Strip, but Vegas is infested with zombies. So is the rest of the world sweet and this money will be usable? What's the fucking deal here? We need to know more about this fucking movie. Here come 
the fucking zombies. Nice. Oh, that's that's a liberty shot. Sweet. Oh, fuck you, Tignataro. Then here comes this. Don't you tell me to shush, bitch. That's what I'd say. But like, the effects on these zombies are lethal. And why is this one zombie like fucking sort of done up in like a pentagram harness like you would see Torts on Instagram wearing? Is she special? Is there a hierarchy within these zombies? I have questions! Knife fights, yes. Slow motion. Zombie uprising, it seems like. Zombies being like, we need human rights. Zombies riding things and wearing leather helmets. Into it. Zombies that can make stuff. Sweet. Oh, chain gun. Oh, big explosions. Air support coming in there to help them. Helicopters flying sideways. Money flying everywhere. Coins. Dave Bautista jumping arcade machine to arcade machine while shooting a machine gun. That guy swinging that gigantic saw around that defies the laws of physics. And now the whole trailer fucking winds up with a zombie tiger. One of those white tigers that those game magicians had in Vegas. I presume is the implication or the reference that they're trying to go for there. And then it's slow-mo circling around them like the Avengers circle off shot. And they've all got their weapons. That one guy with a baseball bat, like he doesn't seem like he's going to be able to do much compared to the fucking... It's <laughs> got a character there who looks like they're taking just took fucking Vasquez from aliens. And you know what? There are way worse cinematic touch points to fucking take from than James Cameron's fucking masterpiece, Aliens. So, um, you know what? I am totally fucking into that. The trailer seems like a good time. The soundtrack is interesting. What is that song? You gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them, whatever that tune is. Oh yeah, the gambler. So, um, yeah, doggy, that's uh, that's gonna be fun. That's like a month away, less than a month away, because what we're like well into April now. What fucking date is it? Let me look at this watch. The fifteenth. Boom. I think that maybe comes out on like May fifth. So if you see this earlier, this one comp just lived absolutely everybody's fucking dream. I read out the tweet. Daytona Beach. Oh my god, I almost made such a fucking mouth fart there. Daytona Beach police are searching for the person who drove through a drawbridge, crossing arm, and jumped the bridge as it was rising into the air. And you know, it's just a video of something that we've all done in video games that, you know, the Blues Brothers, they're just jumping the bridge as it's coming up. Absolutely fucking beautiful. Bam! Smashes the barrier out of the way. Doesn't give a fuck. Straight over. No questions asked. On about his fucking business absolute fucking legend any one of us would have done the same thing no we wouldn't have had the fucking stones to i say we make him our leader okay so now it's time for uh it's a bittersweet episode of is got a good feeling about this week folks we're gonna go and we're gonna check the internet let's go to the board and ask the question is prince philip dead yet uh yes Woo! thank fucking god another fucking representative of British colonial imperial fucking disgraceful fucking piggery has fucking shuffled off this mortal coil and that means that the Grim Reaper circles ever closer to the Queen. You know, it happened the day after Thatcher's anniversary. 
Come on, people. This needs to be a national holiday in Ireland. I know Sinn Féin have been gaining ground in the South, but they can't get in. Every other party would rather join up than let them in. Or at least that's my reading of it. Nobody fucking shit themselves. I'm not balls deep in Irish politics. That's just what I thought was going on. Maybe not in such nice terms. But, uh, yeah, long story, very short. We're fucking, we're rid of fucking Prince Philip. And um, now I just don't even know what to do with this segment of the podcast. If I wanted to move it across to doing, you know, is Prince Andrew dead yet? Um, that might take a while because he's not that old for a royal, like considering these fucking lizard monsters do live to be about 99. Um, oh, Christ, imagine he had to live to be 100. We never would have heard the fucking end of it. Like, And don't worry, there's going to be plenty of people featuring in fucking Wallaper Watch that were... Uh, Letting themselves and their entire Paris down online just writing fucking bollocks about Prince Philip. One, I'm pretty sure I didn't write this in the notes for Walloper Watch, but I seen one cunt online being like, oh, he was such a badass during World War Two. Yeah, but he fucking married his fucking third cousin and he's fucking Greek. So, like, what the fuck? Why do English people even like this cunt? Are they fucking bots? Are they so fucking blind about this? It's just such a weird cultural blind spot. And, um, you know, like, again, I don't want this. This is not, I'm not turning this into a racist anti-English podcast. Like, it's just good crack. Individually, you're obviously all sound. Love all the English friends. You know, shout out all of you. It's just, you, and you know yourselves, there's a certain segment of wealthy British uh, so-called elite society that are just the worst kind of humanity and you know, and they're toadies for even worse kinds of humanity. So it's just like, you guys are fucking despicable. And you at least should be fucking ridiculed on podcasts. At the very fucking least, what they should really do is how you fucking cunts dispatched William Wallace. What was that? He was hung, drawn and quartered and then all the bits burnt up. Was that it? I don't know. Either way, it seems like a bad way to go hung, drawn or quartered. But, like, imagine that there. And, like, the optics of it would be terrible, having a public hanging for the Queen at her age. But, like, this world has to heal people. This world simply must heal. Speaking of global recognition, warmth, oneness, and the recognition that we are all one consciousness experiencing itself, here's Walloper Watch. They live in your community. Get the fuck out. They comment on your posts. Their parents feel them. They are wallopers. Alright, so you are very welcome to Walloper Watch. This is the part of the show where we just call out some people that are contributing absolutely nothing to society. Uh, it's not about people hating, okay? That's what's important for everyone to remember here. It's not about outright hatred. There is more of a Think of more of an asinine quality or someone having a smug sense of self-satisfaction that their comment is achieving something in the world, that them commenting on social media is affecting actual change in the real world. Okay, so it's people who who choose to live in a world where they believe their own bullshit. That's essentially walloping. Walloping does indeed take many forms and, you know, I never go looking for it. I just sort of know where it hangs out. So I know where to, where to hone in on it in some places. And later on tonight, I'm going to show you that, show you guys that in full effect in the first ever Walloper Watch deep dive. Okay. 
I took a deep dive on a guy's profile and found multiple, multiple infractions, just walloping thing after walloping thing. And, you know, uh, and you know, I am, I am very lucky and I understand that to have had people come along for the ride with me and we're now, you know, when do we start walloper watching that? Like episode seven. So, you know, we've come a long way now. This is episode 19. And I know not every episode has walloper watching, but then some episodes are only walloper watching. So, you know, and I'm the only podcast that does it. You know, it's the best segment in podcasting and you only get it right here. Point being that I've been doing it for a while now and there are recognized substrains, substrata, if I could throw that that geology word at this situation and hope it sticks. Uh, there are strata, uh, different uh, different zygotes. Is that is that a science word? I don't know. Um, there are different mimetic forms. Oh, fuck, is that one? Or am I just fucking stoned? Did I tap into the multiverse, bro? Did I pick out that word from the future? Uh, so one of the distinct walloping subgenres that we've seen on this podcast before that's <laughs> brilliantly amusing, like absolutely tip-top, tip-top for our entertainment here on Walloper Watch. Not sure what anybody else is getting out of this, but... Uh, and it's Conor McGregor simping. So this was um, so this was an Instagram post by McGregor, and it's uh, of himself and his son, and they're doing something in the video. He's showing his son some fancy necklace he has. <sighs> then the comment, the top comment in all capitals, right in all capitals, which I've just realised is what really, really, really rubs me the wrong way about this. Like, it's just like it's Instagram, mate. There is no need to shout, okay. Mufasa and Simba. Lion emoji. Crown emoji. Ugh. <laughs> oh my god. Get help. Oh, fucking hell. I bet you that guy's Tinder profile is a fucking screen too. Oh my god. Grinder profile is the obvious joke there to make, but not necessary. We don't need to stoop that fucking low. So, this next one then. Again, I don't want this to turn into <laughs> Donald's anti-English tirade every single week episode. But like, when they come out with shit like this, how can I not tar at least a few more of you with this brush? You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, it's like this isn't just a few wing knots. Like, this is a fucking pattern. All right. So this cunt writes for some fucking newspaper. His name is Charles Moore. I'll name the prick. You often hear of people being trapped in poverty, but it is also possible to be trapped in wealth. This is David Cameron's fate. And then I was too, way, 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 way too busy fucking throwing up, sharpening my pitchfork, and getting ready to lay waste to his village to even fucking read the rest of the article. So who knows what this man's point is, but... It seems like from that statement that he is sympathetic towards David Cameron. So it's quite simple to me that this man needs to be held down and have his eyes burned out with fire. Like there can be no equivocating here. This man has got to go. Like this man is an enemy of the Irish Republic and there can be no doubt about it. Out. Gotta go. Walloper. Not happy with that one bit. Like not at all. But we're just going to have to sit in the pocket of anti-Englishness here for a minute, okay? And I apologise again to any of my English friends that ever listen to this. Um, again, I don't mean to harp on this, but like, well, obviously Prince Philip fucking shuffled away off there the other week and is now six feet on there. And, you know, we sh- you, sh- you shot off a load of guns to make sure everybody knew that that had happened and rang a bunch of bells, I believe, as well. 
So, of course, then there was going to be fucking walloping online about it. Of course, there was. How could there fucking not be? So, here are a couple of particularly egregious examples. So, BBC breaking news on Twitter. Prince William pays tribute to the extraordinary, in quotes, Duke of Edinburgh, adding, in quotes, I will miss my grandpa, but I know he would want us to get on with the job. What job do you do exactly, pal? Hold on a second. I thought you were a fucking prince. I thought you were a fucking blood-sucking leech on fucking hard-working taxpayers and the fucking working-class proletariat. Like, but, uh, get on with the job. All I can think here is that Philip's ghost visited William in the night and told him that he needs to destroy Meghan Markle's unborn baby in some sort of Sarah Connor Terminator situation crossed with fucking a Christmas carol. I don't know. Either way, it's fucking horrendous to think about the Duke of Edinburgh, whatever his fucking name is, Philip, having been in anyone's bedroom late at night. Jesus fucking Christ. Scored for fucking life. Long story, very short. I know he would want us to get on with the job. What job? Is he is he now an activated Manchurian candidate set, activated to take out to assassinate Meghan Markle's black baby? Like, what's that guy? That the baldy bucktooth one. Fucking watch him. Put him on a list. How many fucking visits has he made the fucking Prince Andrew's house since the revelations came out? And, and how many did he make before that? Is that public information? I want to fucking know. And I want to fucking know now. But I'm not going to start looking it up now. Because I'm a consummate professional podcast host. Next up. I don't even know if this is worse or not. Like, But um, just for balance then. Oh, it actually is so much worse. Because I just realised my hand is literally shaking. Trying to get it out. But <clears throat> I'm going to switch hands. Uh, fuck. Fuck these guys. All the way out. Fuck all the way off. That's what I wanted to say there. Prince Harry says his grandfather was a man, <clears throat> open quotes, oh, a man of, open quotes, service, honour and great humour, but also master of the barbecue, legend of banter and cheeky right till the end. Say, like, oh my God, uh, 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 that's the most disgusting word salad my eyes have ever had to eat. That is fucking vile. Cheeky legend of banter, master of the barbecue. What the fuck did this man barbecue? Fucking fetuses and placentas just trying to get one more fucking rasping breath in. Ugh, Jesus, liver spotted fucking Christ. I am glad he's fucking gone, and I'll fucking say that. So, <laughs> those are two just like super egregious. Of course those two were going to say horrible fucking things that would have, you know, chilled me to my fucking core. But then, what I have next here is, like, I would say a significantly less of an egregious example, but, like, way, 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 way more walloping. You'll learn more. Uh, so it's a tweet by some guy. So it's a tweet by some guy that works for Sky News. And it says, His Royal Highness the Duke of Edinburgh made a staggering 56 official visits to Northern Ireland. Well, you know... Who fucking gives a fuck? I'm sure that, like, we paid for a solid fucking 45 of those. So, shut the fuck up. Uh, doesn't matter. Not the point. Anyway, moving on. What is attached to that tweet is a picture of the Queen, who's all decked out in green fucking... Don't fucking patronise us, you fucking bitch. Uh, and that fucking creepy zombie villain behind her. 
they're at the Giants Causeway in Antrim, all right? And then <laughs> there is a tweet reply by some geezer whose Twitter handle also has his parlor account name in it. So this is the kind of fucking lula head that we're dealing with. And he has helpfully uh, added the comment, I visited the Giants Causeway many years ago too. Rest in peace, Prince Philip. What? What the fuck are you doing, bro? Oh, that's the stupidest try to make a death about myself I've ever seen. It's like, you're absolutely the walloper here in this case. And I'm saying that, like, Prince Philip is the person that is dead. And I'm annoyed at someone else. What the fuck is going on? This guy has a tricolor on his parlor account in his fucking Twitter bio. Like, this is not the type of person we need around here, like. Walloper, ab fucking dreadful. Uh, I want to say that that's the last that we'll hear from the Royals or from outright anti-Englishness tonight, but I know for a fact there's at least one more, one more little slice of that just before the end tonight. So um, we'll see if that we'll see if that for very last. So another previously identified um, substrata of walloping, which we've identified here on the podcast, is uh, anti-pedo walloping, whereas people just devote hours and fucking unknown hours and like you know you couldn't even quantify the energy that they put into being anti-pedophilia online and it's just like yeah you know we all are anti-pedophilia don't don't all spend our time in groups and shit on facebook fucking walloping about it like to other wallopers you know and just getting our wallop on like so what i saw recently that put me in mind of this was uh so it was a Facebook status, and it was by one lady, and it's including another lady. Two absolute hatchet faces. One from Belfast, one from Wicklow, and um, so just for context, quickly, the one from Belfast bio states, "The joys of life recovery has given me are never ending." So look, far be it for me to shit on this one. I'm not like she's just walloping online with you. That's like right. So anyway, then it's a picture of a guy, and the quote written on the picture is a paedophile that sexually assaulted and beat a baby is now back living in County Wicklow. And it's like, that's an absolutely crazy sentence. Why? Like, I don't know why as well, but like, shouldn't those two crimes be back to front? Can any journalist help me out here? Don't they fucking put the, I don't know, is there something to do with the severity there? They're like, anyway, I don't know, but it just, it, it hits the fucking ear a very, very strange way that sexually assaulted and beat a baby I don't know, like, beat a baby. Like, that sounds like a fucking banging rap song. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, um, so it's just like, this type of fucking anti pedo wallop, and there's just something that rubs me the fucking wrong way about this. Like, why the fuck are we devoting so much time to this? Like, and these people were like, out to get this guy, and, um, you know, it's like urgent appeal. Um, he's out, he's on the loose, whatever, he's dangerous to children. And, you know, if he did that there, then I'm sure he is dangerous to children, whatever, and for a pet of his own, for trying to get him. But just the way she's going about it, as I say, things are rubbing me up the wrong way here. And that's because uh, it's called an urgent appeal. And I'm looking at the numbers here, folks, right? But yet, it has only 64 reactions, 19 comments, and yet 4.8k shares. So is there just something going on here with the attention economy where this stuff just managed to make itself viral within the island of Ireland? And I guess there's like in 4.8k shares, there's bound to be people overseas, but it's just fucking total BS. 
And then there's one of the comments as well that says, oh, he could well have come across the border. So it's like, well, what, has he come across the border or is he in fucking Wicklow? Like, well, why are you fucking muddy in the waters here? Why can't it just be as clear as possible? Would you not want to be clear as possible in this situation to give everybody fucking clarity so they can get this fucking pedo? And then another comment says, his name is X, I can't remember what it was, uh, but he could use another. And it's like, yes, well, I guess absolutely that is a scientific possibility and that's a fact. But like, again, you're just, you're muddy in the waters here. And it's just like, how also did they never, ever, ever know how to set it to sure in the first place? How every time you click into one of these threads, is there like four comments like, set it to sure, Margaret. Set it to sure, Margaret. Yep. You've got to let it get set to share, Margaret, so I can share it here at Southampton. Like, what the fuck are all of these fucking wallopers doing? Like, but then they're like, how do we do that? How do we do that? I haven't a clue. I just know how to get on and yell that people are pedophiles and cause trials by social media. And it's just like, social media really, really is a fucking dangerous thing in the wrong hands. Um, so, yeah, always three comments about how to set it to share. And so this woman's entire, entire Facebook profile, she had three photos up and one of them was of that pedo. So as you know, I'm just fascinated by what people will boil their lives down to on social media <laughs> and put out there for the world to consume about them. And so 33.3333333333333 recurring of the visual information that this woman wants you to know about her is a picture of that pedo. The numbers don't lie. So the other night, while uh, sections of Belfast were on fire, here's what one Guardian columnist thought was important enough for about 500 words. Don't worry, I will will not read you the entire thing. Betty's is my Tiffany, the place where nothing bad can ever happen. Every branch is a peaceful haven of toasted pikelets, fine china and muted murmurs of delight at the arrival of laden tiered cake stands. But the kiosk, as the real stalwarts called it, was special. A semi-secret, with wildly sloping floors and a warren of small rooms that made it feel like a Dickensian relic. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Bars are closing down, and you're out here writing 500 words about a fucking tea house, which... I just can't help but associate with British aristocracy and I think that it's probably a sign of things to come for your fucking, your elite socioeconomic class. So, you know, tea room gone, wait till we get the guillotines out, okay? Then you're going to have about fucking 500 words to say, okay? And you're only going to get to say about 10 of them because those things come down fast. Yeah! Fucking right, bitch. All right, so I thought that I would read to you an article from the Daily Mail where it's like this woman being like, oh, why can't I find a man? And within the confines of this article, reveals herself to be just through, I don't know, but like, you can tell this woman is a complete and utter. This woman describes herself as a handful, you know, says that some people can't handle her, you know, uh, the word bubbly might appear in a dating profile. You know what I mean? Like, like a fucking problem. So anyway, here we go. Okay, now we'll have to deal with the Daily Mail's website. Jesus wept. <laughs> Trying to read stuff on the Daily Mail is fucking crazy. Like, you have to every now and then. They've got something so outrageous that you have to click it. Like, and uh, 
but it's just never a good experience. I don't like. I feel like it feels dirty being on a Daily Mail in the first place, and then the way the adverts are going to follow me around here and online. It's just it's going to be gross. But I will persevere for you guys, my punkadella files. Okay, so here's a headline: I'm single at fifty. Why men hate me being brainier than them? Says Kate Mulvey. So here's some bullet points from the top of the article. A recent study found men simply can't handle it if a woman outshines them. Kate believes this is why she's still single. She's a published author and can speak multiple languages. She's lost count of times she's been rejected for being witty and clever. <laughs> oh, the self-delusion here is fucking incredible. She's also stinking, in case anybody's wondering. She's like a fucking skeleton with a bad wig here. She looks like she might have previously been a man. Uh, I wasn't sure what the uh, what the technical term for that is anymore these days. Uh, whatever, but um, you know she is uh, what they would call a, a, a handsome woman, but like not in a good way, <laughs> not at all. So here we go. Let's get into her words here. Like just everything about it, it's a, it's a bad photo. It's a bad photo all around. It's a frumpy old dress. It's stupid. It's just like why are you standing like that? I don't know. Stupid photo. Uh, three months ago, I went to Italy with my then boyfriend Philip. As we were checking into the hotel, I struck up a conversation with the receptionist in Italian. In brackets, just one of the five languages I speak. Can't. But while I was enjoying myself chatting away, it became clear that Philip most certainly was not. He shuffled from foot to foot, muttered something under his breath, and rolled his eyes like a stroppy teenager. Oh yeah, because I'm sure this is the first time that you've done this. Then in the lift, he turned on me. I was wondering when you were going to let me join your conversation, he snapped. I tried to laugh it off, but I knew this was the beginning of yet another argument. You always have to be the star of the show, we continued in our bedroom as he began systematically work away, work his way through the minibar. Oh, so now he's got a drinking problems. Well, apparently I was argumentative, a know-all, and an intellectual snob. Well, you know, or think you are, and, you know, your column in the Daily Mail, you know, that classy publication. <laughs> uh, what had I done? It should be depressingly obvious. I had dared to dent his fragile male ego. By speaking in a language Philip didn't know, I had managed to make him, a successful writer, ten years my senior, feel small. How selfish of me to embarrass him in public with my linguistic prowess. Exclamation mark too. You don't see people like proper people using exclamation marks. Like I do it all the time. But I'm fucking a rocket head. Like <laughs> this bitch wanted to underscore that point. How selfish of me to embarrass him in public with my linguistic prowess. And now you're trying to do it in words again. You're doubling down on your cuntiness publicly. Ugh. Gross person. Walloper. Like so many of the men I've dated, oh, you dated a lot of men, yeah, well, I would say not for long for each, and, um, God, that must be a fucking, yeah, they'd be a depressing fucking calendar, wouldn't it? <laughs> be honest, kid, that would be a depressing calendar. Um, it was clear he expected me to play second fiddle to him at all times. It wasn't the first time we had wrote about such things. One night we ended up arguing over a BBC documentary on the origins of jazz. Boring! <laughs> what the fuck? Sounds terrible. Who wants to fight about that? Like, when he became annoyed that his attempts to outsmart my knowledge on the subject failed. Outsmart my knowledge? Mm, not sure that's good England. Uh, he started singing loudly to drown me out altogether. Probably fucking has to. There probably is no option. But the pointless fight over the receptionist was the straw that broke the camel's back. Needless to say, our year-long romance didn't last beyond, long beyond the flight home. I was reminded of our contretemps. Oh, I don't know what that word is. Or she probably would like because that's because she's my intellectual superior. Or I would say because I bet you that word means something fucking simple that you could have just said in the fucking first place. Let's find out. Okay, no, let's not find out. 
uh, last minute install. So who knows? But research, blah, blah, blah. I was reminded of our contretemps last week when research in the APA Journal of Personality and Social Psychology confirmed what I'd always suspected, that men simply can't handle it if a woman outshines them. Oh, and now she's got scientific proof of this. Holy fuck, you smug fucking cunt. According to the study, rather than bask in the reflected glory of a partner's success, men feel worse about themselves. Anyway, this goes on and on and on and on and fucking on, boys and girls. Like, this is a long-ass article. Like, I actually can't believe it. And, uh, oh yeah, it's all the flow of the book. Let's see what the very last two lines said. I reassured myself that I had preserved my dignity, but I couldn't help but wonder if, once again, my brain might have done too brilliant a job of protecting my heart. Oh my fucking God. Do not ever stop being yourself kid because if you change it up you might get a man and i cannot cannot abide having to live in a world where you have reproduced so let's just nip that in the bud now okay you're too smart for it anyway you're too smart for it anyway you know and imagine her trying to raise a daughter that wasn't quite as intellectually brilliant as her like she'd be a total complete and utter cunt to that child like this is a bad person and we need to get oof fucking hell and she writes a column for the Daily Mail we obviously should have just known from the start but I just like oh I feel so dirty with that that was gross what a fucking trash human what a fucking goat So the other night, uh, the stand New York City Comedy Club shared a picture from Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock's late night set. One guy thought it would be cool to comment, would be great if it wasn't a five hour notice and 200 tickets, but hey, that's showbiz, right? So this guy just feels like he was entitled to one of the 200 tickets to see Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Like, one of the 200 tickets in the world. So uh, I thought to myself, well this guy must be really, really, really important. Let's go and have a look at you know what he does with his life and why he feels this entitled. And it's like, Here's his fucking bio. Computer engineer, support engineer, technician, creator, web design and development, exploring graphic design and photography. So it's just like, you're nothing and nobody and you deserve less. So shut your fucking face, you walloper. Christ, I am tired of these fucking people. So the other day, a blind boy was sharing something about this crazy old religious theory about how uh, during the three days Jesus was dead, he went down to hell. Down to hell, uh, Helvin. What the fuck was I gonna say there? <laughs> Mouth fucking fart. Um, he went down to hell and beat the shit out of a bunch of demons with a big stick. And they have a technical term for it. Blind boy called it a pool cue. I'm just telling you that for factual accuracy. And then this guy tweeted, or sorry, uh, this was Facebook commented underneath it. Why mock something if you don't believe in it? Let it be. It really says a lot about you as an individual. I was just like, why even write this comment? It would have taken so much less effort to not do it. Like, this is the thing about walloping. People have to go out of their way to wallop. It's like it's easier to just let things sit and get on with it. And remember that there's a separation between the internet and real life that needs to be respected. So um, I was just like, well, you know, someone that's like fucking waving their fucking opinion around like it's their fucking dick and they're an old school flasher. Um, let's get out here and get on to his profile and see what's going on. So... Um, he's got a, on his Facebook profile, he had shared the Joe Rogan Kanye West episode and said, I have just realized the man is a genius. Joe Rogan's best podcast ever, which I'm detecting 
a twang of sarcasm in and it's just like that's really 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 schoolboy like what the fuck are you doing there bro do way 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 better then he was on a podcast one time and it's called a uh, human seal conflict and he's his comment on it is seals and the problems they cause for commercial fishing and it's just like oh i'm sorry are seals fucking seals the puppies of the ocean have you ever looked into a seal's eyes i defy you to not be moved okay i don't even fucking think about it all right and this guy thinks that they cause problems for commercial fishing or what what a fucking walloper you know it's never in isolation people never ever ever okay just it, it might not be obvious you might not always find it but it's never in isolation so uh, one substrain of walloping that we've seen on here before as well is there's a site over here on in Vancouver called Buns and it's a trading community and you know it's a nice idea like moving towards a, like a moneyless society where people just barter things and whatever else you know very very hippy dippy very west coast of America very left wing full of full of the hippy types and the home crafters and whatnots the herdites you know good crack creative people like basically and uh yeah, so you go on there and you say what you've got for trade and then you let people know what you want. Okay, so this fucking girl the other day shared this picture of this plant all fucking drooping leaves and all fucking looks like a fucking dog's dinner. Looks fucking shite, right? This brutal looking plant. Can anyone see if this huge sad piece lily? The repotted pot alone costs $35 and I repotted her in premium potting soil. I would love someone to revive her. She's still green and healthy but drooped. And then what she's looking for is fucking... Other plants, craft beers, uh, toilet paper, or make me an offer. Pick up in how... Oh, yeah, well, I guess I don't need to give her a dress out. <laughs> but, like, oh, yeah, sure. Well, I'll just go out of my way, buy you some craft beer, and come over and pick up your half-fucking-dead plant. What you need to fucking look after here, honey, is the half-fucking-dead plant between your ears, okay? Please, have a meal with meat in it and sort your fucking shit out, you walloper. Oh, Christ, and then fucking doubling down for the city of Vancouver in the most expected way, to be honest. Like, nobody, I wasn't surprised at all to see this comment, but uh, comment underneath that exchange. FYI, all lilies are toxic to cats, even very little pollen, so beware. So it's just like, people can't even have fucking plants now. Like, people just can't eat, people just can't have a good time with wallopers online wallopers all around here so next up for walloping we go to uh we go to the facebook group the facebook group called doomed and stoned and that is a group dedicated to like fucking doom and sludge metal the very very extreme genres of heavy metal and they're like extremely slow if that makes sense we'll talk about doom metal on here sometime and some of the cool works from it but uh long story very short the seminal work of doom metal is an album called Dope Smoker, where the band just spent the entire budget that they were given. They were really hip at the time, and they spent the entire budget on weed, and then they just turned in the album, and it's this one-hour-long song, crawls along at a glacial pace. There's, like, a chord every ten seconds. It's, like, very, very, very out there, and I guess psychedelic, but stoner doom, like, so it is abrasive and fucked up. So it's an hour long, okay, and it's the most famous work in doom metal. So this guy wrote to a doom metal group saying, Earlier, I was in my office when dopes... Oh, yeah, and it's an hour long. Did I tell you that? Yeah, it's an hour long, right? And it's all one song. And that's it. Earlier, I was in my office when Dope Smoker started playing. 
My co-worker, who isn't familiar with sleep, asked me what it was. I answered. He left. Came back later and asked what I was listening to. Same song, I responded. His stir was classic. So it's like, well, that just simply didn't happen, did it? Nobody's listen. Nobody would ever be allowed to listen to Dope Smoker out loud in an office. Not a fucking chance. People will be complaining left, right, fucking centre. There is no who is about that. And, um, yeah, it's just like, this guy's just like, oh, it's an hour-long song. And he finds that interesting. So it's like he's trying to construct this cunning narrative where he has displayed his respect for how long this song is. I don't know. I don't know what the fucking psychology is that goes in behind this. I just know that he's a walloper. Then I've got a link to a Guardian news story, but I can't be arsed reading anything more. I'm just going to keep going because I prefer to just keep the flow fucking going a bit more natural. Oh, natural. So anyway, this is a story in the Guardian about an Irish-born DUP peer who is getting fucking dogs abuse trying to get a British passport because he was born in Donegal. And it's just like, partition is really, really inconvenient for you fucking DUP Protestants, isn't it? Oh my goodness, we're so sorry. Remind us again who brought that in. Was that the Irish fucking nationalist Republicans who were there when you got there? Or was that the invaders that fucking imposed their will on people? So we're so sorry that this is uh, this is hurting your fucking chance to get a fucking beautiful br- blue British passport. They're not even, are they even, did they even make the passports blue? All that shit about Brexit, did they even make the fucking passports blue? What a fucking disgrace of a country. Fucking roll the whole thing up into a fucking bin. That's what you want to do with that fucking shithole. Anyway, next up from the Guardian as well was, I did not click into this story, but there is a picture of this lady, old lady, no clothes on, and the article says, Sexual healing. I'm in my 70s, and men my own age find me sexually intimidating. And it's just like, well, is that really the problem, or is it that younger men find you sexually repulsive? So... Yeah, I would uh, maybe not dedicate fucking 500 words or so or whatever it is to all of that. So I didn't even read that one, folks. I would never do that. The next one I thought was like, uh, yeah, so that lady's a fucking walloper. Come on, put some fucking clothes on. You're somebody's grandmother. Um, Not that you're far be it from fucking me to tell anybody to put clothes on. But it's just like, don't be yapping about it then. Like, you know, maybe some men are intimidated about it. They're like, I don't want a fucking 70-year-old whore. I don't know where she's been for 70 years, you know? That's a lot of time for you to be on the loose sucking cock, like, a lot of time. Yeah, walloper. I mean, fair play to her in so many ways, but you all know what I'm saying as well. There's no need to be in the paper about it. Anyway, so this cunt wrote... (laughs) This is a good one. So we're going to deep dive into this boy here, because I thought that this was a really egregious example of walloping straight off the bat. And then the more I got into this guy's profile, the more I was just like, wow, people really just, people just really live absolute lies. Like, (laughs) just lie to themselves, flat out, I'm this, I'm that, and it's like, they're nothing, and they've gone nowhere. (laughs) Like, and I'm not saying I have either, alright, like, I have featured on Walloper Watch multiple times and i'm positive that i will again okay like it's just a matter of time um but this is a very bad example all right so i mean an egregious example what the fuck is the difference between bad and egregious i don't know somebody call fucking stephen fry about it okay so this boy wrote to the beastie boys on facebook wrote to the beastie boys okay with a picture of a so watch it watch it what you want um 
fucking what do you call those things like a doormat you know like a printed doormat and it has the three beastie boys faces on it and he goes is this licensed so like the way he's phrasing it is like oh i'm asking the beastie boys you know it's like he's being disingenuous as fuck because it's like oh doing the boys a fever asking them is this thing licensed but it's like no you're narking on this website that makes this and it's probably something personal let's be honest you fucking freak um so i thought it was walloping as well of the beastie boys to write back nope as in it's not licensed so uh no doubt that site got a bunch of hate from beastie boys fans that day so here is something that i want i want to let you in on but you can check out that is basically a hallmark of wallopers on facebook so you can use this to identify any wallopers that you suspect in your own life and you can always let me know if and when you see these text me them i'd be happy to fucking expose them on here but in this case you'll usually find an absolutely horrendously engaged fundraiser so this poor cunt is trying to raise money for wounded warrior project and there's been one donation of six dollars out of 254 it's about three months old now the post and it's just sitting there as a horrible horrible reminder that uh, wounded warrior won't be getting any wonga from this walloper there's some alliteration for you you fucking cunt oh yeah so also on his facebook profile was um shared a story from npr no less our friends at npr you octopus given mdma fucking rot bag cunts you mad scientist bastards if the fucking world gets overrun by fucking molly adult octopi i'll know where to fucking start that cunt that was named in that article whose name i can't remember now so i'll know fuck all <laughs> but anyway yeah on this walloper that we're dealing with here tonight that we've got right in our sites on it from the npr shared the article just uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, champion of gender equality, dies at 87. And he's put the comment, dark day. No emojis or anything, just dark day. Underline the seriousness of it, you know, walloping. So, then he wrote this status, right? I think I have discovered my mortal enemy. They are a manager at a certain restaurant in Fairmont. Every time I walk in there to pick up an order and she's there, she definitely has an attitude about it. A few weeks ago, she was very rude to another customer while I was there, and I said that to the cashier. It wasn't my intent for her to overhear me, but she did, and then she started running her mouth about me. It's just a shame, it's just a shame because I like all the other managers at this place. It's like, wow, what a fucking dickhead, so you're going online fucking yapping about her, and uh, you couldn't fucking stand up for yourself like a man when she, as you say, started running her mouth about me. Well, you know, you should have had a fucking conversation with her at that stage, and like, what the fuck are you doing dropping in there? Are you a fucking, are you a fucking Uber bike boy? Like, get a fucking real job, bro. I'm unemployed, yes. <laughs> and here we go. Does it bother hell out of anyone else when somebody has a big truck but it doesn't know how to park it? Like, I get it, your wiener is small, but do you really need to take up two parking spaces to prove it? It's just like, hack, hack comedy, mate. Absolutely hack, schoolboy terrible and uh, the 19 people that like that including some laugh reacts should really really have a long hard look at themselves like you know if those people are able to purchase mirrors that don't break upon first glance they should take a long hard look in them really um and uh, oh my god fucking 
excruciatingly do you know what this one is i said we we're going to deep dive this guy okay so there's multiple points backing up his wallopanism here uh his bio was a renaissance man that likes long walks off short piers and i was like well if only for all of our fucking sake you fucking did pal go and take one of those fucking walks right now and then because there is just infinite <clears throat> infinite information And then because there is infinite information available to walloper watchers through people's public Facebook profiles, I couldn't really get too much juice out of his likes, okay? I couldn't really say too much either way there. But he does like on Facebook progressive nihilism. So everybody watch out for this tough guy, Ed's Lord, that hates humans, but in a progressive way, you know? So, like, what the fuck even is that? Walloper, get the fuck. Another Guardian article. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just like Arlene Foster going to fucking court. Arlene Foster, the walking fucking before picture. But, like, for God knows what. Fucking. God knows what. Um, <clears throat> the before picture for what? <laughs> living a lie. Living a life that is a lie in the closet for whatever. 56 years. <laughs> Will do to a human. Um. So anyway, Arlene Foster has had time to go to court recently to sue some fucking cunt that tweeted about her having an affair with her husband. And she's in court crying about it. Like, and she's like, do you have nothing better to do, bitch? Are you fucking joking me? Like, get the fucking work and never mind. Get on with it. Everyone's defaming your character. Look at the... Like, it just... just baffles me. Like, Northern Ireland politics is just full to the back fucking teeth of Wallabers, but... That one was good, and there's, I'm sure there's some choice quotes in there, but I'm just not jumping in to read all of that right now. So, uh, I found this one on, uh, I think this was on subreddit cringe pics, so, or maybe I am very badass, so it's just people that are trying to act tough for, for like, I don't know, for an anonymous Reddit audience, what? So this is actually from a YouTube comment, so the video appears to be like a Two kids in a high school. Yeah, two kids, two young girls tussling in a high school in America. It's uh, I only have a still here, so I don't know what happens for real. But wait till you hear this page of a comment. When I was 10, I was caught stealing gum. I got cornered and begging didn't work, so I punched the 20 to 25-year-old security guard in the weak spot below the rib cage when he wasn't looking. And he fell on the floor and was out of breath and I ran away. My elementary school friends saw this and thought I was the biggest badass in the whole elementary school beating up adult bullies and I sucker punched a 30 year old security guard when I was 12 and he took my friend's skateboard I was always very good at aiming for weak spots I aimed my knuckles right as his temple only way a 12 year old man can reliably knock down a full grown man after all it kind of stuck around and got exaggerated I had an interesting reputation in high school stories got twisted to the point where people were saying shit like this like in this great fighter friends telling bullies not to mess with me since I was beating up people older than them since I was still in elementary and middle school LMAO. I was above average as I was always interested in martial arts, but the way my friends treated me because of that shit and how rumours spread, people believed I was three to four times stronger than I really am. Haha. <laughs> what? Who fucking asked? Who literally put 50p in you? Sit fucking down, you walloper. You knocked fucking nobody out. You knocked fucking... You knock a couple out every night over a fucking grinder. That's what you fucking do. Oh, Jesus. This next walloper. So, 
writing to someone who is an absolutely an expert and famous for doing something to critique their technique on that is wallop very 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 fertile wallop and ground we hear a lot of people critiquing mma and <clears throat> professional mma fighters techniques on wallop or watch here but this was a new one for me so uh Joe Bonamassa, one of the most famed blues men of our times, and absolutely a shredder, fabulous guitar player, um, prodigious output, all the rest. Nobody has ever really got a bad word to say about him. Except this guy on Instagram the other day. You are an excellent guitarist, but you need to create something new in your music to be better and not a copy of other guitarists. It's like, good fucking God. And then Bonamassa wrote back, do you give lessons? And I was like, no, 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 no. There's no way that this guy would have the audacity to double down on this. Now, when people wallop watch double down, when Double D sees a wallop will watch double down, like, he knows it's on. Like, so this guy got back to Joe Bonamassa who asked him, do you give lessons? And he said, <laughs> This is actually so funny. The first clause and the second clause just it's sheer fucking poetry. This is beautiful. I will take my Nobel Prize for literature for this episode in the form of a check. Thank you very much. So the reply here is anytime you want, Joe, but I don't know how to speak English because I don't know how to speak English. Because I'm from Uruguay, I emphasize that you are a great guitarist. There is no doubt, but there is no doubt about that. But you sound the same as the other blues men. So it's just like, and then every other comment was like people critiquing his guitar playing from his profile saying you're out of tune in every one of these videos. So it's just like, get this fucking guy a seat. Get out of here, bro. Taxi for that walloper. So I saw a quote on Instagram the other day about, I don't know, the ninth Fast and Furious movie or whatever that's coming out. Jesus Christ, this quote from fucking Vin Diesel. This is walloping at a high, high level here. You may throw up from this. I don't know. I kind of find this cringy. I don't know. This is just, this doesn't sit so well with me. Anyway, here we go. We ha What's Vin Diesel's voice like? I remember John Cena coming into this dumb shrine that I had where I would kind of go to meditate. I remember feeling as though Paul Walker had sent him in. <laughs> I know we got way English there at the end, but it's just like, I wanted to try and get into his mindset there. So number one, he has a Dom shrine. Isn't Dom the character that he plays in those movies? So when he goes to meditate, on the Fast and Furious movies, people are meditating and still making those. And then it's like, he what you think that Paul Walker sent this guy from beyond the grave and it just happened to be John Cena who's one of the most famous action movie stars in the world <laughs> get the fuck out of here chicken nuggets is like my family <laughs> Vin Diesel Fast and Furious 9 <laughs> oh Jesus Christ and then the, the, the caption with that then underneath that is um, my gut and my heart feels like this was meant to be yeah but in the context that you've used them there they're the same thing. No? Am I wrong? Am I being too harsh on Vin Diesel? Is Vin Diesel a young lad who is overcoming severe learning difficulties and has, you know, done pretty well for himself? Should I lay off? What do you think? If you do think that, 
probably not podcast for you. Probably just fucking step off now, okay? Just step the fuck out. Um, anyway, let's see. So we've got uh, two more, two more wallopers here, and then we'll bring this fucking shit storm to a close for one more week. What a fucking week it's been on Pocketdelic Podcast here. So this is fucking brilliant, lads. I don't know who this bird is. She's a, like a relatively popular public figure in Republic of Ireland. I don't know, but. She's talking about women's reproductive rights on Twitter, and she says, uh, "Oh yeah, and this whole thing with the blood clotting and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which I think when you look into the data on, it's like, all right, okay, yeah, fair enough. We probably should have taken more of a look into that thing for women." Then, yep. Um, so she's saying, "I took the pill for twenty plus years and don't recall a similar panic from public health experts when it emerged that one in one thousand women on the pill get a clot." And then a shruggy woman emoji. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough comment. I, you think about that, whatever you think about that yourself, that's fine. Whatever way you come down to the politics there. But this reply is fucking great. This guy just came in straight for the jugular. You chose to take the pill because you were mad for riding. A large number of people are being coerced into taking this vaccine on the basis they are being promised getting back to their basic freedom. Blah, blah, blah. Fucking conspiracy nonsense. You chose to take the pill because you were mad for riding. Mad for riding, Jesus! <laughs> <gasps> oh, fucking brilliant! Oh, Jesus! Like you chose to take the pill because you were mad for riding. <laughs> mad for riding is a fucking fantastic phrase. I don't know quite what to do with it right now, um, but if there's ever, if anybody has any ideas. For, for what a segment on this show called Mad for Riding could be, please let me know. And we'll get on that shit because I love that. I, I just want to see those three words written down way more often. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I think we'll just fucking leave it there for the week. I've got one more thing here, but there's so much reading involved with it. It's a fault. We'll fucking do it next week. Just so we can get it's a, and it's a, another crack at Prince Philip. So just so we can get one more fucking week out of that there. One more fucking crack at them while they fucking try and lay their fucking father and grandfather to rest there. And we'll get another fucking dig in there for fucking Ireland. Yep. So, um, been a fun week been a really fun week on the podcast as they all are laddies are all fucking sticking around if he's have stuck around this far and uh, can't wait to be back here doing this again next week smell you later peace love punkadelic hey.